0: Welcome back to the Grand Valley Community Church Podcast, a community of faith in Brandon, Manitoba. We hope this message helps you to meet Jesus and grow in faith. Welcome here this morning, guys. This week, I was able to attend the funeral of my grandfather, who died in his sleep at 87 years old. Always a hard worker, on Friday... He was out chopping wood at my aunt's place. And on Saturday morning, he was discovered at home, having passed on. My grandfather was an impressive man. Stubborn to a fault, there's no doubt. In fact, I sometimes wonder if naming my youngest after him was the wisest decision, since he seems to have inherited a lot of that stubbornness. But my grandfather also had the most incredible work ethic, and he spent 67 years serving God with everything that he had. As his grandchild, I had already heard the story of the incredible love that the church that he and my grandmother got married in, that the love that they poured out on the two of them around their wedding in 1950. The love of that congregation introduced them to Christ. Three months after they got married, they gave their hearts to the Lord and they were both members of that church until they died. In my grandpa's case, that was 67 years. In fact, it just so happened that his last Sunday in church was an appreciation Sunday, and he received a framed certificate thanking him for his decades of service. He'd said a few words of thank you after receiving it, and those words were recorded, and they were played at his funeral. In his thank you, He mentioned his wedding so many years ago and how he and his wife had come to the church, or he and his fiance had come to the church to get married, but their getting married wasn't really what the church cared about. What mattered to the church was introducing them to Christ. As I said before, I already knew the story, and I'm not sure exactly what made that part of what he said stand out to me, Likely the fact that I knew I would be sharing on this topic today. But the stated priority of the church, his church, in 1950 stood out to me. They weren't concerned with merely providing a service to a couple that had approached them. But they knew their priority was to introduce them to Christ. And they worked toward it. They did provide the service that was being asked for, but they also loved on them. I believe I remember being told about the church throwing them a bridal shower and helping in any way they could, things like that. My grandparents were loved on wholeheartedly by a group of people excited to share Christ's love with them, and it changed their lives. Not only their lives, but their children's lives, their grandchildren's lives, and their great-grandchildren's lives, because that congregation knew their priority and worked toward it. We're beginning a new two-part series this morning, Managing for Maximum Impact, Learning to Manage What You Have. And this morning, we're going to be talking about managing our time for maximum impact. If you have the UVersion Bible app on your phone, you are more welcome to pull it out and... Um, You can go to live events in there and if you have location services on, it should show up, Grand Valley Community Church, or you can search for it. And there are some notes there, some scripture verses and some questions. If you want to click on the links, you can answer and join the conversation. We will also be having conversation near the end of the message. But all of us, everyone in the world, has the same amount of time in a day, week, or month to work with. From CEOs to the unemployed, we all have the same amount of minutes in a day available to us. And we are the ones that decide how we spend them. We can be intentional with them or simply let them pass us by. But either way, those minutes do pass. If someone was to look at the way you spend your time, what would they say your priorities are? I'm afraid for me that on some days, based on time spent, if someone was to list my priorities, one of them would probably be this right here, (laughs) my phone. Social media, parenting articles, news articles, amusing memes. When I'm not intentional, and I do try to be intentional, an awful lot of my time gets sucked up by my phone. When I think about what my grandfather said, about what mattered to that congregation in 1950 when he got married. I think about why he knew what mattered to them. And it wasn't because they shared a vision statement with him or had a pretty poster in the foyer that let him know. It was because he witnessed how they invested their time into that priority. That congregation invested time into loving on a young couple because it mattered to them to represent Christ's love in order to introduce that couple to him. Now, I don't know if they had a vision statement as a church or not, and I'm all for vision statements. But my point is that the way we spend our time and energy is a more accurate representation of our priorities than anything that we say. Does the way that you spend your time reflect what you want your priorities to be? If not, how can you get to the place where it does? Ephesians 5, starting in verse 15, says, So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. If you tune out now and don't hear anything else that I say, I hope that you remember this. We need to know what matters. We need to know what doesn't. And then we need to be intentional about those things. First. First we need to know what matters. What do we want to invest our time in? On different levels we should know this. Personally, as a family, as a small group at work, we should be able to assess what is important. Make a list for yourself of the things that must be done daily, weekly or regularly. Maybe paying the bills, answering emails, washing dishes, that's a lot of my life, doing laundry. But as as well as that list, make a list of the things you want to accomplish. I think it would help at this point to assign time values to each of these items. Paying the bills, maybe that takes about 10 minutes every week. For me it does because I use my phone. Eating healthier, that might mean an hour of meal prep once a week and then having the time for your meals to make sure that you're cooking there. Map it out. I think this is the difference between knowing if your goals are achievable or if you're piling too much onto your plate. Is it physically possible to achieve what's on your lists? Consider how much sleep you need, what time you want to wake up, things you have to get done, and things you want to get done. Schedule it. You may never follow this schedule exactly, but whether you do or not, it's a useful exercise to learn whether you're expecting too much of yourself. As I said earlier, we all get the same amount of time. There is nothing you can, give, nothing you can do to give yourself more hours in the day. But you can and should be intentional about how you spend those hours to make sure that you are spending time on things that actually line up with your priorities and needs. As you do this exercise of scheduling out what you want to accomplish, be practical. Remember eating, sleeping, exercise, downtime, and things like shower time. When my oldest child was a year old, and I was attempting to work from home, I did this type of exercise to try and up my productivity. I was so impressed for myself that I'd planned out a whole week in half-hour intervals, and then I realized that I'd forgot to allow any time for showers. <laughs> Even if you don't take the time to write out a schedule and figure out what you want to do with your time, and I hope that you do, because I think it's a great exercise, I challenge you to ask yourself more often, what matters? What matters today? What matters this week, this month, this year? Decide what you want to invest your time in, and then own it. Pursue your goals with the resources you have. 1,440 minutes a day. Ecclesiastes talks about there being a time for everything under the sun. For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under the heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up a time to cry, and a time to laugh, a time to grieve, and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones, and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace, and a time to turn away, a time to search, and a time to quit searching, a time to keep, and a time to throw away, a time to tear down, and a time to mend, a time to be quiet, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. Some of these times we have no control over. If you need to heal, you need to heal. You don't really get to pick when that's going to happen. If you need to grieve, you need to grieve. You don't get to pick when that's going to happen. But we can be aware of those seasons, we can be aware of those times. And as you work through your schedule for how you want to spend your time, consider your season of life. Pray for wisdom so that you can understand what you and those who rely on you need in this season and keep it in mind as you plan. Second, we need to know what doesn't matter. Are there things that we are holding on to that we need to let go of? As you plan, as you look at the schedule of your life, you'll begin to realize that there are always going to be more things that you could be using your time for than time you actually have. It's the nature of life. It is as important a skill to identify where you need to stop investing your time as to know where to invest it. Is there something that you're just not good at that you could drop, delegate, hire out, or automate? This works for at home, in relationships, at work, evaluate what we are doing. A personal example for me would be meal planning. Now, if you've never meal planned in your life, I envy you a little bit. Um, I've always disliked meal planning. But being a stay-at-home mom for years, and even just trying to be good with my budget, it became something that... I felt that I needed to do. So I spent years looking up meal planning tips, finding recipes, writing out menus and grocery lists, checking out meal planning systems on Pinterest. I even went so far as to print out lists of seasonal vegetables, determined that if I could just find the perfect meal planning system, it would save me time, money, and improve my health. I could spend an hour a week on this. You know what I learned? I can pay a nominal fee for someone else to come up with a meal plan and send them to me, access them on my phone, and it's actually saved me time, money, and sanity. (laughs) Years and dollars were wasted in my investing my time poorly. What about you? What eats up your time that you need to let go of? Some things can be dropped altogether. Others can be tweaked just to take up less time overall. Some people limit their wardrobe so it takes up less of their thought life. They wear the same thing every day. That's one example of small things we could do to free up time for what we want to do with it. Why is this even important, though? Why am I talking about time management in church? We have a mission. All of us have passions and talents and responsibilities that God has given us. God wants us to move in them and to work with him to build his kingdom. But if we fail to be intentional with those passions, those talents, and the time that has been given to us, it results in a lot of lost opportunity. I read Ephesians 5, starting in verse 15 earlier, and I'm going to repeat it again. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Some other verses that talk about time that I just thought were interesting. Perhaps because I was at a funeral this week. In Psalms 39, verses 4 and 5, I've got it, up. it says, Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered, how fleeting my life is. You have made my life no longer than the width of my hand. My entire lifetime is just a moment to you. At best, each of us is but a breath. And then Psalms 90 Seventy years are given us, given to us. Some even live to 80. But even the best years of life are filled with pain and trouble. Soon they disappear and we fly away. Teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. What we do with our time matters. When I was in Bible college, I remember a fellow student talking about tithing. And he mentioned that his method for tithing, his thought process, was he just took one day a week and he told himself that that day he was working for God. It wasn't his money that he made that day at all, but God's. At first, I loved that perspective. As time passed, though, while I still appreciate the initial intent, I found I wasn't sure that that kind of compartmentalization was as bright as I initially thought. Scripture tells us to do all that we do as if we do it for Christ. Separating only certain things and times for him doesn't quite fit. I was watching a YouTube video this week that was addressing young Christian women and some of the frequently asked questions that they had had. And one of the questions was inquiring how one finds the balance of time between spending time with God and maintaining a relationship. The response, I thought, was great. The YouTuber told her audience that it was actually the wrong kind of question. She maintained that it's not about a balancing act where you're trying to find time for both, God and other things. But instead, Christ should be permeating every aspect of your life. And if he's not in your relationship, then that's a surefire Fire sign of a problem where in our lives are we not having god where are we assuming that he just is not that he doesn't need to be where are we trying to find a balance of finding more time for god when really he should be in all of our time Is he a priority for all of it? What areas should we be inviting Christ into that we've been leaving him out of? Colossians three, twenty three to twenty four. Work willing willingly at whatever you do, as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward, and that the master you are serving is Christ. First Thessalonians five, sixteen to eighteen says, Always be joyful, never stop praying, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ. So let's discuss. I'm gonna check out the responses on my phone, but I also want to open it up here. I'll find my questions again. Oh, Where'd they go? So to our first question, when I asked if someone was to look at the way you spend your time, what would people say your priorities were? We had a couple responses, and it was probably work, or work, volunteering, and rest. But a question I would like to open up, and I will read the responses here, but I would like to hear from you guys. What matters to you? What do you want to invest your time in? Some people said, more time with friends. Someone else said, living healthier, getting more sleep, eating healthier, exercising more, and spending more time with my family. Someone else said, my faith, my family, finding out what God wants me to do with my life. Is it just being a mom or does he have something more for me? Anybody else? What do you feel like? What do you want to do? What is your priorities? What do you want to pursue with your time? One of mine is similar to this. I want to learn how to invest more time in relationships, but still do all the things that I need to do at work and at home. What about time eaters? Is there something that you've been holding on to that you need to let go of? We got one response here, and someone else was with me, social media and time spent on your phone. Anything else? If you can think of something, I would encourage you to share because sometimes we aren't aware of some of the things that we are allowing. Oh, Nikki, you had something? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I've gotten lost in that before too. And I, I like that about these questions, that they can work for the bigger picture, but they can work for today. What do I need to do today? Or even if you want to think long range, what do I want to do the next two days or <laughs> the next week? Anybody else have any thoughts or any things that have been taking up your time? The last question. In which areas of your life can you begin to make more room for Christ? Someone responded, all of them. Another response is giving him the first moments of my day instead of what's left over at the end of my day. Because I can always find something else to fill my time with. Anyone else have any thoughts on this? I mentioned my grandfather earlier. Obviously, his life has been my mind on a lot. This w- his life has been on my mind a lot this week. And I must say, while he was definitely not a perfect man, my grandfather loved God. And without a doubt, the way he spent his time reflected that. But what about you? What about me? What does the way we spend our time say about us? Do we want it to be saying something different than it is? And so I encourage you to take some time this week and think about the questions that we've discussed. Look at how you spend your time and think about how you want to spend your time. Pray and ask God how He wants you to spend your time. We get a finite amount of it, let's budget it accordingly. going to read the benediction before we are dismissed. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. We hope this message helps you to take the next step in your faith journey. If you're in the area, we'd love to have you join us Sundays at 11 a.m. For more information about us, visit gvccbrandon.ca